think my problem is that I put higher expectations on others than I should, and then I end up disappointed. And it's not their fault, it's mine. Is there a chapter in the What to Expect When You're Expecting book that tells you to expect your husband to die? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so, no. This last year has taught me that perfection isn't necessary. And, and as a matter of fact, it's unachievable for me. So let's just go ahead and accept that now and know mm -hmm. that moving forward in life can happen in a more joyful way. Hi, I'm Terry. I'm Jenny. I'm Sarah. And today we are talking about expectations. Expectations that we put on ourselves, expectations that we perceive others have, expectations that we have for the people around us, for our relationships. Expectations are part of everything. Um, I like to say that I have no expectation um, and it's not true. It's not true. So if I ever tell you I have zero expectations, that's not true. I just have zero expectations that I'm willing to share at that time. So yes, let's, before we started recording, we actually were having a really good conversation about some expectations and then thought, Ugh, we should have recorded that. That would have been good for the podcast um, because I have a baby and I am parenting this baby without his father who had a baby already. And I have a five-year-old who I was around when he was a baby, but I did not give birth to that baby. I was not solely responsible for that baby. So I don't know what I'm doing. And then we started talking about what to expect books, like what to expect when you're expecting, which I didn't read because while I was expecting, I was grieving. So and I you never didn't know what to expect. I, I didn't, I, you know, you gotta bet the book I didn't cover didn't that either. The book, so I don't, I don't know no, if I there's really a didn't. chapter, is there a chapter in the, what to expect when you're expecting book that tells you to expect your husband to die? <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. No. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, I don't know what I'm doing, <sighs> but we're alive. We're, we're making it through day by day. Is he eating the right foods? I don't know. Is he is self-eating? Ah, no, not exactly. He is self-gagging with a spoon. That sounds so, totally normal. That's that's yeah. right. You're right on target. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> okay. It, okay. And he'll be self-feeding when he needs to be, and uh -huh. it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. It'll okay. be totally fine. Um, yeah. So I think also part of my problem with feeling like I'm flying, flying blind, and maybe I do need to read some like what to expect books, um, is that like I don't know what to expect of him, but I also feel kind of lost when it comes to like what I should be expecting of myself. 
And I'm not sure that I always have the expectation of myself on target when it comes to parenting any of the three boys. And I think that that sometimes is harmful for me and my mental health because I, I am, I'm envisioning these expectations of what it should look like for me to be parenting each of them. And then I don't always hit the mark that I think I've set for myself. And then I just feel lost and like, I don't know. I just, today's a day that I am not at my best (laughs) mentally and emotionally. And especially when it comes to being a solo parent. And maybe that has to do with like, the holiday season. I don't know. I don't know, but I don't know what to expect of myself or my kids right now. So maybe somebody else can talk about some of their expectations. Um, I have learned, and this is something, you know, we talk about mental health and therapy a lot on here. So uh, today I was talking (laughs) with my therapist and something she and I have been working through is my expectations, not of her, but of me. Um, and I was telling her that one of the things that I struggle with, and this is, you know, when I started working with her months and months ago, that I I feel like I spend my life in disappointment because I don't meet my own expectations or expectations of a situation weren't met. And I just spend a lot of time disappointed. And I'm tired of that. I don't want to feel that anymore. I don't, I don't want I don't want that in my life because it's too exhausting to be disappointed all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I've started working on not having no expectations, but not having such demanding expectations of myself. And I'm a perfectionist that doesn't ever reach perfection. Um, And I'm never going to reach perfection in anything. So, and that may sound terrible to say, but there's really no point in aiming for it if it's not achievable anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't know how you guys feel about that idea of trying to, to aim for perfection. You Mm -hmm. know, you want to have goals for yourself and you want to, to reach something that's good or better than you, maybe. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, Jenny, you and I have talked about how um, I grew up with this quote that <clears throat> good enough is really neither. So like when, I, when I'm working on something, I'm like, ah, eh, that's good enough. And that attitude of like stopping short and eh, it's good enough. The idea is to give your best and not just stop at like the whatever it'll do attitude. So like, it's neither good nor enough. Mm-hmm. And that is like, so internalized in me that when I've talked about that with my therapist, like, I know that the the thought behind it is the intent was never harm, but the way that 
the Sarah brain handled that has, has caused problems for me. And my therapist finally told me since Seth has been gone, she has told me sometimes good enough is good enough. Good enough is good enough. And so I, I'm trying, I'm really trying to unlearn that good enough is never either and relearn that sometimes good enough really is good enough, but that's hard. That's, that's a lot, that's a lot to, to change in like my subconscious ways of thinking. Well, and I think Mm -hmm. to say like, oh, I need to lower my expectations of myself sounds negative mm-hmm. um it mm-hmm. sounds like a bad thing uh and and i wouldn't say that i'm lowering expectations when i decide that good enough is good enough because i've lived that this last year too um is is finding living life in grief sometimes good enough has to be good enough <laughs> sometimes mm-hmm. my good enough right. is i got out of bed and i got my kid to school <laughs> that that was good mm-hmm. enough for today. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes good enough is I'm going to stay in bed and that's good enough for today. <laughs> you know, those right. things happen. You have bad days uh, when you go through grief and um, finding what good enough feels like for you during those, those rough patches that you have um, that I almost feel, you know, Sarah, you and I've been at this for a little over a year, Terry, you've, had eight years of it, but I feel like there was, there will still always be a day here or there in the future that, that I might decide that it's just, it's a good enough day. (laughs) Whatever Mm -hmm. I can manage to get done today is good enough. And and it's okay. It's okay not to shoot for the stars today. It's okay Mm -hmm. to not have huge expectations of myself today. Uh, You know, I might have a to-do list and if I do something on it today, that's okay. If I don't, that's also okay. Um, and that's been hard, I think, to decide to have expectations of myself that are not as high as as I would think they should be to be a mom. Yeah. Especially um, parenting and trying to make sure we're enough for our kids. Um. I feel like that expectation is high. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes well, it's high because of what we think other people think we should be doing. Mm-hmm. That is true. <laughs> but I, I think even when they're adults, it's really, it, you know, it's even hard then because oh, yeah. it's just, you know, it's exhausting. They're pulling away They're, I mean, and mine don't really pull away like, like, a lot of them do, but it's still a different, um, dynamic between us. And, you know, it's hard to know, do I push more for certain things like (laughs) taking out the trash and, you know, unloading the dishwasher and things like that. Like they have lives too, you know, and we don't really argue. They don't give me a hard time about anything. So I'm really lucky with that. It's just, kind of navigating them as adults. I don't know what to expect or what 
what I should expect or what they should expect of me and what's too much and what's not enough, you know? So every stage of, of parenthood seems to come with its own list of expectations, you know, they should, what to expect when your child is 20. (laughs) Is there a book on that? What to expect with adult children? (laughs) I really wish there was. (laughs) There's also Um, not a book for what to expect when your adult child loses their spouse. (laughs) And my parents and I have had a lot of conversations about like, this has been a really challenging season for my parents too. Um, because I'm young and my parents are young and like my mom was supposed to be a widow before me. You know, when we're talking about my expectations, I would have always expected that my mom is going to be a widow before me. And then when I become a widow, she's going to know, she's going to know somewhat what the experience is. She's going to be able to guide and shepherd me the way she has through everything else in my life. And that's not what has happened. And so, you know, the day Seth died, I ended up at my parents' house and never slept in my and Seth's house again. And that house has since been sold. And, you know, the boys and I just recently moved into a new house, but I was with my parents for about a year and they, they turned their lives upside down for me. Like they, cause it wasn't just their adult daughter. It was their adult daughter and a 15, well, no, 14 at the time, a 14 year old grandson being there about half the time and a, a a four-year-old that has not just typical needs and their pregnant grieving daughter moved into their empty nest. And like, we had to have a conversation I guess I don't know when it was. It wasn't right away. They let me get through being like in that most miserable phase. And then we sat down and we chose to have a conversation about our expectations. Like, what does this look like? Because it it's not, it's not going to be able to have the same dynamic as when I lived here as a child, mm-hmm. but also it is my parents' home but also I need myself and my kids to feel at home. And we had to have an initial conversation and then we revisited that. Like, okay, wait, what's happening with, we've got some tension. Remember these were our expectations. This is how they've changed now. Oh, by the way, now there's a newborn. And so we had to have another conversation about like, how much help was I expecting from my parents? At what point was I going to feel like they were crossing the line? How much help were my parents expecting to give? And at what point were they going to feel taken advantage of or something? So yeah, like the adult child and parent relationship is a weird one. And I'm not there being the parent of the adult, but as the adult, navigating the new relationship with my parents and with my in-laws without my husband 
it's, it's a lot. It's relationships are hard and expectations in relationships. If we're not clear about that, it can get really messy and hurtful. Yes. And my mother was a widow before I was, um, my dad died fairly young. Um, so we had went through that. Um, but I will say that's not necessarily, um, going to help them lead you either. I think, um, uh, when it's really unexpected, um, you just don't know, like you just, what do you do? And I believe that was my mom's first words to me. I was out of town when it happened. And then, um, when I got there, uh, her first words to me were, what are we going to do? And I don't know. (laughs) I, I don't know. (laughs) So, um, you know, she got it though. Like she understood the, the depth of my despair really, but also people grieve totally differently. And I had to learn what I should or could expect from her. And, um, she needed to, um, learn what she could expect from me, um, as a newly grieving widow. I I think think one one of the the ways, (laughs) let's say the exact same thing. (laughs) I think one of the ways that I wished that my, that no, I do not wish that my mom was a widow. I adore my father. I'm a daddy's girl to my core, but. I wish that someone would know the widow checklist at the beginning, things that Mm -hmm. things that I didn't know, like I didn't know about getting Seth's personal property back from the hospital. I didn't know about having to line up a funeral home for his body to be released to before the coroner took him. I like they already needed to know. And then I'm and then I. You're going to have to decide, are you burying your husband or are you cremating your husband? Okay. We decided to bury. Okay. Now you have to go into a room. I did not know that there was going to be a showroom of caskets. Oh gosh. Like Terry, a car lot. Remember that? that was so fun. I that avoided so that. Fun. I avoided that with Jay because of what I experienced with Terry for Greg's funeral. And it that felt so weird. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I didn't know, again, did not know what to expect. Well, anybody who's listening, you can expect if you're there with other people that people say things like, oh, they would have liked this one. And you're like, no, they wouldn't. No, (laughs) someone is going to say it. Someone's going to say, oh, they would like this casket. Would they? Well, I had people with me and I actually had a group of people with me. I had my parents Seth's dad and stepmom and Caden's biological mom. We were all there together doing the funeral plan and everybody went in that room with me. No one, I don't think a single person was like, Ooh, he would like this one. We were like, we don't know what we're doing. And we did point out some that were like, that is really gaudy. We're not doing that. Or, Oh, that's an interesting theme. There are themed <laughs> caskets, <laughs> but there are also themed I, urns because we, you know, Jay was cremated and there, there are themed urns as well. So 
for anybody listening that needs to know that information, it goes on both sides of whichever choice you make. Yeah. yeah. And then I didn't know to expect to need to, I, in this, like, I guess if I was thinking straight, I would have thought it, but like when I was asked about bringing clothing for him to the funeral home, I was like, oh, okay. That makes sense. But I, I wasn't even, I was, and I didn't know what to do. I went to Target and bought clothes. Cause I was like, I'm not, how am I supposed to pick out right now, which of his clothes I never want to see, touch or smell again? Mm-hmm. No. So I went to Target and I was like, I, I, these look like clothes that people will believe are his. He had never worn any of them before. I really cannot remember that. I mean, I know we had to take clothes there, but I really, really cannot remember how I did that. I, I remember what he was buried in. Um, but did you remember to bring socks? I don't know. I, somebody I else handled that for me. Um, but, uh, but gosh, I cannot remember like the logistics of how that happened. Do you remember Jenny? I, I don't, I really don't <laughs> because, you know, I flew into town and had no clothes for a funeral. So yes. I was having to run out and buy clothes. So some of those things were being taken care of. Uh, we by, were on a business trip. We were, I had to fly from Nashville That's to right. Atlanta. Mm-hmm. That's right. I didn't know from Sarah was with you. She was, she was, she was standing there when you called me that night Mm -hmm. and told me he had passed. So that's weird. Hmm. Yep. It is. Widowhood is weird. It's all (laughs) so weird. It is so weird. Yeah. Um, but not to be, you know, not to really be too down. I think, um, kind of going back to what Jenny was saying about putting too many expectations on herself. Um, I tend to do that, which I'm okay with, but I think my problem is that I put higher expectations on others than I should. And then I end up disappointed and it's not their fault. It's mine because I've, you know, I've expected that they're going to react a certain way or they're going to do a certain thing. And that's just not what happens. And it's not like what they ultimately did or said was wrong. It just was, not what I wanted, I guess, mm-hmm. to happen. Um, so that is something that I definitely need to work on as far as expectations go. It's like what I put on others because it's really not fair for you to, you know, put others under this microscope of what you expect for them. And um, and I've really tried to to be thinking about that lately and deciding how do I need to be going forward. That's not something I need to put on them. I need to focus more on myself and my expectations for myself only. Um, but it's funny, um, Brent and I were having, my daughter, were having a, a conversation about expectations the other day. And growing up, she was um, a competitive gymnast and a competitive dancer. And um, we always joked that sometimes it would take her longer to get a skill than maybe some of her teammates. And the reason that that happened (laughs) was because she would not do the skill until it was absolutely perfect. And when she got it, it was perfection and beautiful. The problem is that made her kind of run into a wall because she put so much 
pressure and expectation on herself for everything to be perfectly done that now she doesn't really find joy in doing those things like dancing anymore. And I thought she'd be dancing for the rest of her life. Um, but she doesn't really feel that joy anymore. All she feels is pressure because of the expectations she's put on herself. So it can go the other way too. So oh, I know really, really hard. Yeah. I know expectations for me, um, when my expectations are so high of myself and looking toward that idea of perfection, it paralyzes me to where I can't, mm -hmm. I can't do the thing. I can't make the decision. Um, I can't move forward unless that thing is, is good enough. You know, it's both good and enough. Right. And, <laughs> and when, when it's not, it's, it's hard to keep moving forward when you have that mindset. And so I, I feel like this last year has taught me that it, perfection isn't necessary. And, and as a matter of fact, it's unachievable for me. So let's just go ahead mm -hmm. and accept that now and know mm -hmm. that moving forward in life can happen in a more joyful way and less pressure when you kind of decide to let it let it come, like just let the day come and you have plans. And if, if the plans don't work out, it's okay. Um, and you can work that out tomorrow or, or the next day or next week. And sometimes things aren't ready to come together yet. Um, one of the things that, uh, I talk to a friend of mine about is the idea that sometimes when we look forward into the future and the future could be tomorrow, it could be next week, not far in the future, but sometimes when we think about those things and the things that we're going to get done and we can see ourselves getting done, that we'll take all of our plans into the future and all of our thoughts and hopes into the future and we forget to put God into the future. And mm -hmm. the, the idea that God does work out those things uh, for us in time and we have to trust that. And that's been an interesting thought to think about that if I truly believe that God does work things out for my good, then I have to make sure to put him into the future in, in my thoughts as well. Um, and Sarah, I also thought uh, when you were talking about expectations and talking with your parents uh, about expectations, it was interesting to listen to you talk about that you sat down and revisited those expectations. And I think that's also important for us to be able to do that we need to remember that even if we have an expectation of ourselves or an expectation of a situation or even another person, that it's helpful and healthy to revisit that and not be stuck in the expectation you had in the beginning because things change, time change, people change. That revisiting those expectations is something that's something I never did. It was this is the expectation and there's no changing it. And that's where my disappointment came in because I didn't. Mm -hmm take into consideration all the other factors that may have changed to adjust that. Because it's not just you. It's right. you know, other things. Right. right. And that's a hard thing. You're dealing with outside influences and that's really hard when you're a perfectionist yourself and trying to come up with, you know, you're, you're trying to attain a certain goal, but other people are getting in the way of that. Not through it, not through any, it's not their fault. It's not, you know, it's just what we put on ourselves, which affects other people as well. So one thing that my therapist and I have also talked about that's kind of been a wake up call is when, when we're talking about these expectations that I put on myself and feeling disappointed, feeling 
not enough. I'm not doing enough. It's not good enough. One of, one of the things that she'll ask me is like, okay, but would you say these same things to your friend? Like if this was your friend's circumstance, your friend is a widowed mom. She's got these kids. She's in grad school. She just moved into a house. Like if you, if your friend is experiencing all of this, are you going to tell her that what she's doing isn't enough? Or are you going to tell her that it's okay to just breathe? It's okay to have a day where no one eats anything nutritious. Like It's okay <laughs> if you don't do real meals for a day. And I think that like Jenny, you would never expect perfection from me. You would never expect me to be this high achiever in this season of life. You just wouldn't. And so like, I look at you and I'm like, yeah, but Jenny, you wouldn't expect that of me. Like, why are you putting that on yourself? But I do the same thing because when you tell me like, I'm not even sure I'm going to get out of bed today, girl, stay in bed. You, you deserve that. Stay in bed. Everything will be fine. But if I even thought about letting myself do that, no, Mm -mm. Sarah, you gotta, you've gotta get up. You got stuff to do. You gotta, Mm -hmm. no, you gotta go make a fun, interesting, educational, developmentally appropriate day for your kids and make sure that they are getting vitamins and nutrients and exercise and mm-mm. one of my children may have had and two bags of popcorn for dinner last night <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay <laughs> i mean popcorn yeah. there's nutrition in that right he he popcorn put is uh, a very healthy snack there is nutrition. he put garlic parmesan yeah. stuff on it so he got <laughs> some dairy maybe i don't know that sounds disgusting protein the only that. thing that belongs on popcorn is butter and salt. It can be that artificial butter sauce stuff. That's fine. But do not go putting sweet stuff, extra savory stuff, spicy stuff. Mm -mm. Caramel corn, no thank you. Popcorn, butter and salt. Yes, really. Mm. I do like some cheesy popcorn. And popcorn's my favorite food, so tread lightly. No, no. When there is a (laughs) right way to do something... I'm putting expectations <laughs> on the whole world right now. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> there is a right way to eat popcorn. <laughs> so, <Okay>. so anybody <laughs> who thinks that they're going to get popcorn for Sarah, you better not make it anything. You know what's funny butter. though? That is her expectation. My mom's going to listen to this later. Um, what's <laughs> funny though is <laughs> my mom makes supposedly very good caramel corn supposedly she gets raving reviews and she will gift it to me somewhat regularly <laughs> I'm like oh my god thank you <laughs> i'm gonna eat this sure? okay because the, mean- <laughs> <laughs> the kids will eat it the kids will eat it but i one okay just- can i tell you one of my wor- this a fear is not a fear one of the things that i don't like is when i i decide i'm gonna make some kind of a home-baked snack for somebody, whether it's cookies or whatever. And then I give it to them knowing my family loves it. Like Chex Mix, we go through Chex Mix like crazy. I make tons of it and then it's it's gone mm-hmm. in 24 hours in our house. And right. it's, it's so much, just gallons of it. Um, 
And if I give that away to somebody who's then not going to eat it, it really kind of makes my heart hurt because I'm like, my children would have eaten that and they threw it away (laughs) or (laughs) because Jay was a teacher. So I know that not all baked items get eaten. They're given to teachers. So this year I wanted to make cookies and things. And then I thought, if I make them and they don't eat them, knowing that my kids would have enjoyed them, I don't know. I just can't. I can't do it. You would never know that they didn't get eaten. I was telling Sarah today, uh, I made Chex Mix yesterday for the first time in like 15 years. Um, and it's delicious and almost gone. So yes, I, I to, we made, y'all made me Oh. We make so much of it in a batch. It's this huge sheet pan full of it. And it's gone literally every time in 24 hours. I made some for Henry to take to school. And I had to hide it so that it didn't get eaten before he took oh it to gosh. school. Because I used to have a Chex Mix from my brother. Because we were like competitive about the Chex Mix in our house. That's... Y'all don't just buy the bags? No. Buy the bag, like pre-made Chex Mix? Yeah, no, it's not as good. No. It's not as good, yeah. and it's expensive. Like it. It's a ripoff. Yeah, it's... I like the turtle mm-hmm. checks mix. Have you had that one? I'm gonna say Sarah. We're getting into the same that. territory as <laughs> flavored popcorn. <laughs> oh no, I knew as soon as I said it. <laughs> I just the opinions about snacks on here <laughs> are getting a little ridiculous. <laughs> You know, one thing that's true about about me, I am, here's the deal. I am rarely lukewarm. I am hot or cold. I either have no opinion at all. Do not care. No opinion. Easy breezy. Or (laughs) I care passionately (laughs) with a very strong opinion. And the thing is, it's usually about crap that does not matter <laughs> like a lot of political issues like eh, whatever <laughs> but you come talk to me about putting chocolate on some popcorn and i'm gonna have a reaction <laughs> most things though most things i genuinely do not have the energy to care about because i'm using all of my care energy for stuff that usually does not actually matter like what type of cheese sauce do you use on your pizza crust you use cheese sauce on your pizza crust oh my god yes 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 and when i moved from indiana stop stop terry stop it you are gonna come up to indiana and we're gonna we're gonna go to a list of pizza restaurants because the breads are all different cheeses are a little bit different but it's like a nacho cheese and you dip the bread in the i remember the first time i was telling people about this in south carolina they were like like fondue no it is nothing like fondue (laughs) it is it's it's a breadstick or your pizza crust and you dip it in cheese and that's how you eat it now she says it's when I she says it's like nacho cheese, but it's I not like nacho cheese. And I was like, "Hi, I'd like a pepperoni pizza and an order of breadsticks with cheese, please." And they were like, "Cheese?" And I was like, "Yes, please." <laughs> and they were like, "Like the shredded cheese?" And I was like, "No, sir, cheese sauce." What do you mean? And I was like, "What? I want breadsticks with cheese." It was <sighs> anyway. It's. We're very normal 
here. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. You're missing it's not, out. Like it it's not good. nacho it's so cheese good. in a can because I tried to do nacho cheese from a can for Sarah oh, one no, time. Oh, no, oh, no, no, no. I tried so hard to try and make Sarah like feel like cheese? she was at home. Oh, bless your heart. Bless and your heart. She says it's like bless nacho cheese, but I it's learned not that nacho in the cheese. South. No. Is it like beer cheese? No. Nacho cheese from a... What? No, it's what? not like beer cheese. It's like, it's a whole different experience. Oh, no. It's... Cheese sauce. And if you're upset okay. by all this conversation, then you should just go get a snack that you want. <laughs> Not one that makes you upset. If it's popcorn, don't ruin it. <laughs>